Welcome back to Trot's Life. It's that time of the week we catch up with Mick Gurren. Mick, firstly, mate, how are you? Whereabouts are you today? I'm great, Toby. Uh, where am I? I'm in, uh, I'm in <laughs> Auckland. I've been in Sydney a week. Just had sales over here and probably got a bit of time coming up in Sydney in the next couple of weeks for the Miracle Mile Carnival. But yes, for this one, I'm home because um, there's standard bread sales here on Sunday. Yep. And there's also Harness Millions Night tomorrow night at Alexandra Park and some gallops in between. So yeah, we've got a got a bit going on, but it's it's a massive weekend for New Zealand harness racing. So it's good to see it kick back up. It's been a pretty quiet couple of months. Well, I've got a list here for you, and I reckon you'll know uh, what the connection is. But uh, if I said all these horses and what have they all done? Ilva Colo, Christian Cohen, Courage Under Fire, El Sue. Change over, stun and cunning, have faith in me, Lazarus, ultimate machete and sniper, and Merwin. That's a fair honour roll. Uh, yeah, that would be what used to be, which is now called the New Zealand Bloodstock Harness Million, I presume. That yes, would it sound is. About right for that. Yeah, that it is. Right for that one. There was only one name on there that threw me. I. Just go through those again. Going about the stunning Cullen level, there was a name there I thought had. Um, actually, have faith in me. I'm surprised have faith in me one. There you go. Yep. Here's he one did. I, I hadn't thought of. Twenty four. The rest of them. Yep. The rest of them roll them pretty quickly. And, and look, when you hear a list like that, <laughs> um, the majority of them went on to win a Hunter Cup, a Miracle Mile, a New Zealand Cup, or an Auckland Cup, which is that's a pretty good breeding ground. And obviously, some of them, well, Christian Cullen won almost all of those. And the ones I didn't name, you wouldn't mind of owning most of those. Trust me, let me tell you. So, yeah, well, New Zealand, New Zealand sales are very strong. Like mm. the sales series here is clearly the strongest one, you know, outside America. It, it's strong because we only have one sales company, so all the horses are sold into the same bunch, which is a huge advantage for the strength of the sales races. And most New Zealand breeders breed to sell. There's a few that are retained by Woodlands. Brickens don't retain a lot, but most of them go through the sales, even if they don't make their price. They're still eligible for those races. So I don't, I'm not a huge fan of sales races per se in lots of different parts of the world because it's very rare that the best horses turn up in the sales race. Hmm. That New Zealand standard breeds are probably one of the exceptions to that rule because well, if you talk nice. of the commercial breeding horses, of the ones who, if you were to name the top 50 two- and three-year-olds in New Zealand most years, 80% of them, maybe 85% go through the sales. And, and that's why Sunday's so important. Like We have a lot of black-type catalogues, and black-type largely rubbish because obviously any horse in the world can get black type these days but when, when i say black type i try to talk about relevant horses horses who matter and and sunday's catalogs just soaked in that so it's the strongest selling day of, of the year in australasia uh, and then obviously you have christchurch where it's a little bit easier to get a bargain but yeah still not easier the average will be something like fifty thousand. On, uh, on Sunday, and that's remarkable to think. When I first started working the sales in New Zealand, which would be just over 20 years ago, maybe 22 years, the average was 7,000 at Kareka, 7,000. Yeah. And now it's about 52, 53, depending on what year you're talking and, and how you work these things out with past and horses and all that sort of stuff. So who's most likely 
to add their name to that list. And uh, Chaser Dreams clearly, well, I would have thought the horse to beat, but he's drawn the outside of the front. And I'm not sure Cold Chisel's uh, an Australian or not, but he probably should be. Yeah, great name for a horse, isn't it? Cold mm. Chisel, one of the great bands of my youth, like it will be for many people of a certain generation yes. listening to this. Um, I think Cold Chisel will win. I think he's got barrier one. He has all the advantages. He has the gate speed to use it. Uh, he'll probably lead, and if he has to cop a trail, he can be just as potent off a trail. Um, Chaser Dream's got an enormous job in front of him. So, yeah, I, I think he'll win that. I think it's a great testament to Barry Purden and Scott Phelan. There's 13 runners in this race, and they've got five, because I doubt many years they would take home more than 12 from the sales. So to get that many qualified is a hell of an effort. Um, and then Mark and Nathan had three. So it's funny, you think of all the things that have changed in harness racing in the last 30 years. If you go back 30 years, make it 33, back to the Vin Knight era before poor old Vinny passed away. But if you go back to that era and you consider how many champion trainers or how many trainers have had champion seasons, rolling right through Tim and Anthony, but obviously Andy and Kate have had incredible times. Um, you know, Natalie Rasmussen, and Grant Dixon were an enormous training force. Chief Small came and went. Um, the Halls were a very dominant stable for a long time and still are in WA, but they were massive on the international scene. You think of all the things that have happened and then add to that the back end of that over the last 10 years. Emma Stewart and Clayton Ponkin and now Jason Grimson and the McCarthys. You had all those eras and all those things together. Yeah. And here, 30 three years Pardon. after Choken won yeah. the size stakes in 1991, Barry and Mark Purden are still the leading two trainers in New Zealand. Now, I'm not saying they're leading the premiership because they're not. That's Team Telfer and done. But when you talk about the best trainers and the trainers who get the biggest results, 33 years later, when you put it that way and you think about that and you think of everything that's changed in life since that happened, it's quite staggering to think there's 13 three-year-olds in that race tomorrow night, and eight of them are trained by those two men, and now they're training partners. Um, that's the only thing we can think of in this part of the world to touch on that would be Bart or Tommy Smith. Right. Now, I realise that's an enormously bigger machine to work inside the Australian galloping machine. We're not saying they're Bart and Tommy Smith, but... To think of all the ups and downs that went through that time and everything that's happened to still be at the top, it's, it really is scarcely believable. Well, and the first horse I mentioned on that list in 95 was Ilva Colo, who was, I think Mark, did Mark own him? And Barry Purden trained him and Mark drove him or something from... from... Well, he, well, he's actually Mark's first signature horse. Yeah, Mark went out yeah. on his own and Albacola was his first horse. But think about that list I just mentioned, and that's without even mentioning new stars like Greg Sugars and Jess Tubbs. And as I said, someone like Jeff Small has come into the industry, been red hot, had an incredibly dominant decade, and then gone again. And these guys are still kept trucking. So it was pretty incredible. And, and it's easy to say you get a lot of that because of your dad or your name. But of course, Mark completely moved islands. I would say... He would, he would have virtually none of the owners he had when he started. Definitely not his biggest ones. And Barry's main owners and the owners of these horses racing tomorrow night, none of them 
would have been with him three decades ago. So it's not like a a situation with Godolphin or the Hawks brothers when they were training for the Inghams where you have a succession planning. This has just been regenerating stuff. It's pretty incredible when you think about it. Yeah, well, going back to the same, I suppose Peter Manning emerged about the same time as, as Mark yeah, well, Barry, well, I suppose. Pete, and Pete, he's... Peter Manning and, and even the great late Gavin Lang, not to just mention um, Graham, Gavin and Graham, you know, were both huge parts of the industry for that 20-year period. And, you know, at one stage, yeah, Gavin, uh, sorry, so Graham was a big-time trainer. Graham had great trotters. He he also, I think he trained Desperate Comic to win a Victoria Cup. So um, it's, it, it is, it's remarkable to think that anybody could be at the top for that long of anything. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's... <laughs> and he... He's still at the top, don't he's got a big hand to play in uh, a miracle mile and potentially a chariots of fire well a chariots of fire and potentially a miracle mile with Don't Stop Dreaming who's now qualified and he can just target that chariots of fire. He's gonna to go to the free for all the week before. He will, will so he? he? Has, yeah, okay. So he so, so he can have a blowout and um I spoke to Brad Hewitt, he's gonna do the same with his horse who qualified last week, so I don't think anybody wants to go into a chariot to file without a run for three weeks if they can avoid mm-hmm. it. Mm. It's, it's shaping to be a really good carnival between Leap to Fame and all the New South Wales horses and the Victorians who are heading there. It's going to be a really good carnival and the Lost Storm being back and all that sort of stuff and, and how it all pans out is going to be really intriguing. And I think truncating it into a week really helps. I think Sydney's very much a galloping town these days. And I think trying to capture people's interest for two or three weeks is incredibly difficult. I'm hearing it's going to be on Sky Thoroughbridge Central, which is great, that it goes out to the galloping fans, both Chariots of Fire Night and Miracle Mile Night. So that's a start. Um, yeah, it's a really good chance for, for those guys to shine. And then obviously that can hopefully roll on to getting some more, more eyeballs back in September because um, it, it it doesn't get a lot of local coverage, Sydney harness racing, um, compared with Victoria. I I just think there's... Yeah, I, I think it's just such a ginormous galloping town. Yeah, it's a $20,400 free-for-all, that race you're talking about. Over 2,300 metres, preferential barrier draw, last $5. It'll be an intriguing little race leading up for some horses then with Don't Stop Dreaming going in it. Yeah, yeah. and of course Merlin, who won here last week, he's heading across there as well. So uh, it's got to be a hell of a good chariot to fight. I, I know the Lost Storm trial this week. Are the indications that he's going there? Because I presume no. he's going there. No. no. I was about to say, he, he couldn't go straight there and straight into a, Ta- a pale face alley or something it's called. Tassie Cup, very clever. Tassie Cup's worth 150000 He's not going to find anything like a Chariots of Fire, chariots of fire field no. down there. So it's very clever placement of him, actually. Yeah, no, very astute. Well done, well done mm. to them, following the right race. That's what it's all about. Um, yeah, no place for the faint-hearted at Menangle over the next month. There'll be a lot of sub-150s coming up here. If they, if they put plenty of top on that track and then get it right for those two big race nights, they might have four or five sub-150 miles over the course of two weeks. Well, I- It'll be 170 for first in the Chariots of Fire and 100 for first in the Tassie Cup. And uh, he'll, well, the Lost Storm will be a nominal favourite in it, you know, where the Chariots, he's not going to be that anything like that. Well, so and and I, don't think he's a, I don't think he's a Menangle horse. Yeah, I just I think not. he's a very fast horse. I don't think Menangle's perfectly suited to his talents. Mm. We discuss this all the time on the show. There's speed horses mm. and there's horses who like hard and rough racing and 
I know the chariots is only a mile, but we saw what happened to Captain Ravishing last year. He just did not enjoy Menangle and has not enjoyed Menangle since he's gone back. Yeah, it can be a treacherous place, uh, Menangle, for a certain type nice, of horse. Nice, nice pun there. Well done. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mick, thank you very much, mate. Always enjoy catching up with you. Uh, I'm, uh, things are changing here. We're not sure what we're doing next Thursday, but uh, I don't think it'll be me anyway. So uh, I'm not sure who you'll be on with, but we'll work something out for you. Mate, um, thanks for all the time you give. I'm not sure when you'll be back around the, the, the radio at some stage, but you just ring Toby and I'll, I'll just talk and spoken to.